Watch now as Johan Cruyff demonstrates both grace and poise and explosiveness. This poise and explosiveness from perhaps the greatest player active in the sport of soccer today. He cuts between defenders, goes to his left, and left puts the goal into the back of the net. We are not just uh, what you call underdogs, but massive underdogs. Want Lozano heeft de bal en Lozano maakt het af. Dat is zijn klasse. You have the face that you are Ajax supporters. Really, you can tell that by my face. Krankvist. Ja, dat kan hij blijkbaar ook. Krankvist. Hello everybody, welcome back to the Benefoot Eredivisie podcast. I'm your host Michael Jongsma as usual, joined by Peter McVitty. Peter, how have you been? Excellent, thank you. How are you? Uh, good, good. Busy, busy month of uh, Eredivisie football, not just Eredivisie. A lot of teams, uh, or at least a few teams uh, in Europe, still in Europe as well. Uh, let's just dive into it, especially with uh, the transfer window now closed. When we look at the rankings, you again see PSV as the as the the league leader which which to an extent shouldn't be a surprise because they were really quite dominant last season but um yeah new coach we've mentioned that before how how they're the only team with uh four wins from four um what did you make of them so far and how do you think that they got out of the transfer window especially given the um rumors of clubs like barcelona even uh, interested in herving lozano yeah, the big fear obviously was that they would lose Lozano after uh, Brands and Koku leaving. Uh, but yeah, they've had a, a, a wonderful start. Um, the 6-1 win at Valencia most recently was was p- quite dominant and and a good kind of illustration of of just how much firepower they've got. And some of the goals were a bit lucky, but I think that is actually well not lucky, but um, extravagant. Uh, like Hendricks's shot. Um, Bergwijn obviously Lozano had a shot as well from distance that was that was quite decent and they've had quite a few of these but there was also a lot of examples of them getting inside the box and, and actually making decent chances uh, with, with with De Jong uh, mainly um, and overall yeah I think they have been pretty, they've been obviously solid in the Eredivisie they looked good against Barry Borisov I think they've had a really good uh, start under Van Bommel compared to what I expected from them for the beginning because I thought they might have had a few kinks to work out but there hasn't really been any trouble for them recently has there? Yeah well the one one thing I'm slightly worried about still but they still have players that need to make their debut in those positions is that is the um well basically the the square uh, in in the in the back of the field like the two center backs yeah. and the two to send from midfielders ahead of them because I don't think Hendricks and Rosario have been particularly impressive. I don't think that they've been that bad, but you can see games just slipping away from them, not really offering uh, passing lanes out for for the center backs as well, who in turn begin to look a bit shaky as well. But what is really interesting, I mean, they've signed Ryan Thomas, who uh, so it's a player who we really admire, um, but he's supposedly even the the smaller of the two signings with Eric Gutierrez coming in as well people are have been really positive about him say it's a bit of a coup again that Mexico connection working for them I think that's yeah. about the sixth player they've seen signed this decade from Mexico yeah. Pachuca as well that was where Lozano came yeah. from yeah and their best mates and he's Lozano seemed so thrilled to to 
join up with uh, Eric Gutierrez again as well. And you can kind of see him just for that and for the whole atmosphere that's building within the team. You can see Lozano staying for the, for the full season as well. And it's, it's really quite impressive what PSV have done. Yeah, Lozano seems actually... Everybody kind of got the feeling that he would just go as soon as possible another like Davinson Sanchez in for one season and then somebody comes in and steals him away but he's actually seen first of all PSV are amazing at welcoming um, international players they, they do seem to take care of them really well Lozano seems quite settled with his family and stuff seems quite happy um, is only just going to keep really shining so is there actually a chance for them keeping him for beyond one, one season because the more I see him I do start to see a, maybe something a bit stronger developing between him and PSV but then again well, I think maybe I've got a strong case for just heavy wishful thinking uh, you, you kind of assume it's the latter um, but it, as you say it was kind of telling that uh, even though he didn't score against Villanueva, he got a standing ovation. The, the crowd uh, loves him, and he seems to love the crowd as well. And there's a really good rapport between the two. I mean, I think PSV have been really smart in doing that. And in general, I think, considering what they've been through this summer, losing uh, losing their captain obviously, uh, uh, and another uh, another captain as well in Arias, it's, uh, it's a lot a lot of players that they need to, to replace. They've done really well, I think, with Angelino Dumfries. For me, I'm. I mean, with Angelino, you know his weaknesses. Like defensively, he's a bit, bit, bit shoddy sometimes. But with Dumfries, you kind of expect more for some reason. No, and I think definitely. he's been actually the the weak link in in that defense, uh, in in defensive terms, to put it like that. So, uh, but overall, you 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 see that you see that team, and Gutierrez hasn't made his debut yet. Ryan Thomas hasn't made his debut yet. Uh, Maximiliano Romero, the the player that, according to Fabio Stuttgart, who missed out on him, was supposed to become a 30 million euro striker within two years anyway, mm-hmm. um, has, uh, hasn't has even had a start yet for the club. So th- there's a lot there to work with. And even Daniel Malin is, is, is knocking on the door quite uh, quite um, confidently at the moment as well, well. S- saying he doesn't want to become the king of uh, the, the, the king of substitutions, basically, yeah. but wants Another. to be the king of starters. So, um, I mean, and... Uh, well, to get to uh, what you were talking about, like Gutierrez, I mean, is he going to actually add to the, the, the thing that, that PSV need in midfield? You, you mentioned that, that uh, Rosario and Hendricks have a bit of a, a weak link. I think Hendricks is quite a worry because he... I really like him as midfielder. Like I think he is really good, but he can't really think two steps ahead. Uh, when he's pressing, he moves into just the, the the very first pass and tries to to block a path. And then he if it doesn't if it doesn't go that way, he will just completely ignore his man and leave him to to run over. I think we saw that. I, I noticed that a couple of times against Valencia. I've noticed that um, before as well last season. Uh, a Gutierrez, he can play defensive uh, defensive midfield, but I don't think he's completely rooted to that. He looks actually like he can do a hell of a lot around the box and inside and making invasive runs and uh, and sh- uh, decent passes as well. Uh, so it might be more like what well, what Van Bommel is really going to make him how he's going to use him because if he does have that attacking side of him, uh, Dutch teams maybe do how it would be tempting for PSV to to just. In the area race, you just use them in a, in a more attacking and, and forward role to keep them dominant, if you know what I mean. 
Yeah, but, but I, I do think that that tactical flexibility is something they really need in that position. And um, when you when you look at Hendricks, as you mentioned, the, the point for me is that Pablo Rosario is, is a guy that basically just uh, gets his first minutes into the first team or at least is trusted with a starting starting spot. And I think he's improved quite a bit over the last few games, just really needed to, to try and get used to the, the difference in level between uh, young PSV and PSV, which yeah. is quite normal uh but with Hendricks, i don't think that there is a lot of development there as you point out i think he's he, he kind of loses the plot uh, a lot defensively when when there's a lot of movement around him turns to tends to be a bit too eager to want to, to um, recover the possession as well and on the other hand passing wise he's he's probably the one that you would uh, press if you were the opponent because yeah. he he doesn't have he has the same uh, lack of qualities basically on the ball as, as off the ball and that's yeah. that's I mean and I think Gutierrez probably helps a lot with that and um, I haven't seen him uh, play too often so I can really comment on that and I trust your judgment when you say that he's he's handy around the box as well but obviously you can you can probably uh, play with uh, Pereiro and Gutierrez a bit further back and then add a maybe a just a holder behind that instead of yeah. always picking two um as a midfielder he, he can obviously learn from one of the best uh, in mark van bommel he's had a really good start to his career so far the only re- real downer was probably the own kruisgaal that they lost some penalties but uh so far six wins out of six Lots of goals being scored. Uh, what do you make of him? Because Willem Fischer, uh, Willem Fischer's a renowned journalist from the Volkskrant, basically said, "Well, I think Mark van Bommel will be the next big coach after Louis van Gaal," which is quite a quite quite some praise, considering that after van Gaal there have been other decent coaches, including a World yeah. Cup finalist in Van Marwijk, to yeah. name one. Um, I think if you if he was to write that headline in English. We got completely. It would actually be seen as a bit of an insult for for uh, at least a, a generation. Uh, anybody under probably twenty who only yeah. knows Van Gaal from. The to be top. fair, it is turning into Mark van Bommel's army. So it's. Uh... <laughs> but um, yeah, I saw I saw the the article yesterday. Um, I didn't really. He said that he was um, more versatile than Van Bronckhorst. He said that he was uh, something like Book Cocker. Uh, absolutely, I'm more progressive than Cocker, which may be not even that difficult. Uh, is yeah, Cocker even progressive in the first place? Uh, it's more of a pragmatist anyway, but it's a bit of a weird comment to make, especially given how Cocker, uh, through as uh, basically deploying the right tactics, has won the league title last season. Yeah, um, so basically there wasn't really there wasn't really an argument that he made that that I could redone it that I was like oh yeah that's that makes me think that he's he's going to be the next Van Gaal it was it was kind of uh, I don't know I, I don't I, to, to, to the art for the article itself I did, it just there was nothing in it that, that sold me I just thought it was like what the fuck um to the actual point though um I mean oh, I, I don't I'm not going to get sucked into something about him being Van Gaal I think that he can be um, because there's a lot that, go, that, that goes with that. I mean, are you talking about in, in more in more general terms? Like, what do you make of his first yeah, few yeah, months? Yeah. I mean, he's he's probably um, been he's I, I I've been surprised by how calm and confident he's looked in that role. He's never looked out of his depth so far. He even looks more comfortable than a lot of other uh, 
managers that have been uh, coaching at the highest level for like for like years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, and he seems quite um, uh, intense in a way as well. Very, uh, I get what uh, Ron Vessels was saying. I think he was like talking about uh, there was a maybe a bit where he talked about like an attention to detail and stuff, um, where it was like they were winning and he was angry because someone didn't do something which yeah. was kind of like what Frank the Bull did I remember when he went the, yeah. crazy at they Ericsson they were 5-0 up or yeah, something were, yeah. uh, and it was at Neck and they took a break because it was a summer yeah. and he just screamed at Ericsson it was about a throw in um, and yeah I mean that went that worked alright for like four years but, <laughs> or three years arguably um, so I, yeah these are these are very small incidental things that the it's pointless to put a, a quality on. It does suggest that he is actually paying attention to a lot of things that, that people won't. Um, but in terms of how he's how he's different from from every from other coaches at the moment is is quite hard to quite hard to say. But there's nothing glaringly like weak about him so far at the moment. Um, and the they have had some games where they've. Kind of, they've changed a lot. I think even against Valencia, they had quite a lot. The first half was was quite a lot different from the second. They they changed shape quite a bit, um, and against Bata Borisov as well, they had quite an a, an amazing turnover in the first leg. I thought the first half the first half hour they were really really yeah. poor, and the second half was was completely different. You you could also see that with like uh, how Bergwijn started the game against Utrecht in the first half really poor. Against Bata Borisov, first half almost nowhere in it. In the second half, he could have had three goals uh, and two assists. But that's I think and that's the whole point with with Van Bommel at the moment. I mean, uh, Ajax will come up in a couple of weeks or three weeks, I think, and that'll that'll be a really interesting test because so so far the teams they faced have have all been uh, vastly inferior, and um, obviously Utrecht was one of them, which we thought would start the season better than they did. And um, Willem II started the season well as well. They came off the back of a 5-0 win uh, over Heracles. So, I mean, it's not like I would completely diminish the quality of those sides. But the point with this PSV side is against any team in the Eredivisie, you basically know that they will at least score one goal because the attacking potential that's in that in that squad is just completely ridiculous. Yeah, but maybe Ajax is the, the one team that... that, that or set up really well to actually attack them for the reason that you said earlier about that central block. Ajax are entirely central at the moment. I mean, they played David Neres through the middle on Saturday, on Sunday and stuff. They've done it, and they've got Tadic and Ziyech basically yeah. playing well, as wingers. But the thing that I noticed uh, against Valencia was that um, they played Avdijaj. 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 I was trying to remember. Uh, he they played him on the wing, but he came in through the centre quite a lot. And again, uh, him and um, I think Lunch uh, lost Hendricks quite easily. If Ajax were just to overpower like that midfield and just set like confuse basically that block uh, with the movement that they've got, if they took advantage of it, I guess depends on Puntalal's movement and stuff. But um, yeah, you you just mentioned Ajax, uh, the <laughs> the big big title, uh, other title contenders, uh, probably a happier place than it's been uh, for ages. For the first time in four years, back in the Champions League, um, still unbeaten in the season, Erik ten Hag almost becomes uh, a decent enough media personality as well. So that's really pleasing for the journalists. Hard to hate on, on Ajax at, the, at this point, and even the even the grumpy one turns into the happy one uh, with Hakim Ziyech, uh, all smiles after his goals uh, over the weekend and during the week as well. It's it's become a really 
positive place for as long as it is. And when you look at the talent available in that squad, it's it's really quite amazing. And they've held on to uh, some of their major players. And looking at the starting eleven, this this might be one of the first seasons where Ajax have uh, have an average age. Uh, that is as high or maybe even higher than than Pace Face, mm-hmm. which is quite remarkable. So they're really focusing on success. So they only have now. they still only have two players over the age of thirty in that team. Shuna and I know what. Uh yeah, Tadish turns thirty in November. Mm. Blind is twenty eight. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's still it's still a fair. Um, I mean, Clashing and Huntler does all the lifting when it comes to age, obviously. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, but yeah. He's yeah. Yeah, so but uh, still in, in in decent enough Nick, probably more all round than he's been for years. G- good performance against Vitesse, um, has missed a hell of a lot of chances so far this season, but already scored quite a few goals as well. Um, this has to be their season, you you'd say, but that's something and that we've been saying for years now. Uh, how do you, how do you, what do you make of them so far? Because they they really look like. A robust team more more than I think they did under under Peter Bos. Uh yeah um yeah def- I think so uh, but it's also maybe not too it's not a huge change away from what was uh it's not a massive deviation away from like uh, what Peter Boss was kind of starting anyway but I think Ten Hag has uh, has done really well so far and I think that they. They are looking really good. Um, they are still, still a bit frustrating at times, though. Um, the the game against Vitesse was was a good example of it. The, um, there was only like uh, one shot from inside the box that wasn't a goal, but everything else came from outside that, and it was a, mostly a bit lucky. I don't understand why they don't like realize that and 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 follow up with actually focusing on getting inside the box more instead of just letting and it's not just ziek but ziek is the the embodiment of the issue of just firing from nowhere Uh, and he scored a phenomenal goal which means that he's only going to get worse at it uh probably but neres was doing it in the center which was maybe um him panicking and not being used to or uh not being used to having so many options from from through the center um, but Tadic as well, Masri at a certain point. It's very strange that they they are so reluctant to go all away when they they have the the players who have the speed and the technique and the and the 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 quickness of thought as well to actually combine make good combinations to find their way through defenses. They just don't do it enough. Is well, what I'm concerned yeah, about. but I think I think in attacking in an attacking sense, there is a lot more variation than there is la- than there was last season. I think Tizantadic as a as a second playmaker really attributes to that. Uh, I think his yeah. go- his goal uh, was basically an, um, a good example of of the type of plays that you'll see uh, from Ajax a lot more this season. Just a bit cuter in, in in small spaces. Good. This was an assist from the rest, but it's typically the type of pass you. You could only see uh, CF make last season, and now you have Tadic and Neres looking a bit more comfortable as well. Extended this contract, by the way, which is um, good news for Ajax. And in general, it's it they made light work of Vitesse, and this is a Vitesse team that we expect uh, quite a bit from, and that have looked good so far this season. 
and they were i mean it doesn't really help when you can see two in the first 10 minutes but they never really felt like a contest at any point and that's i think a big difference compared to um ajax in the champions league against Standard lag where you felt the wall you are three 0 up but you can still uh, let this slip basically and, and now they looked a bit more comfortable and they're growing in terms of both style and confidence and concentration even I would say yeah definitely and the, the thing was that they they just completely crowded Vitesse everywhere they went Vitesse could hardly get the ball out, out, the, out their half um, in the, for the last 30 minutes of the game probably Vitesse like Ajax could just slow down although they, they, they didn't completely slow down but um, then Vitesse kind of had a bit more luck in getting forward but there was like one really good chance it was from it was the one Onana saved I think it was Van der Werf's header and then there was like the ball fell quite well for Linson and he his shot was shocking those were probably the best chances that they had and it was all because Ajax just seemed to it was as if they had more players than them at, at certain times because they, uh, Vitesse just couldn't get a moment just could hardly put together any passes Whereas Ajax were quicker, they were they were just getting to every everything for a while, um, and yeah, Tadic and Ziyech are just sublime together. I, I think it's a phenomenal, it's beautiful seeing them in the same team. Um, yeah, and Ziyech has basically <laughs> already said, "Well, I'm I, I'm not leaving in the winter anyway, so that's a full season of Tadic and Ziyech to look forward to yeah. as well." But the, the, the introduction of Neres playing in the centre was really was, was, was really quite interesting. Um because they they were much more they were really narrow in this game. And there are a few like decent kinda combinations and you can see like they've got a few routines as well. Like on the Huntelar's goal where they had just had the goal disallowed, basically it was the same move twice. Uh, each the, the, the two goals yeah. were basically the same move twice. It's just one of them was disallowed because yeah, had had strayed offside. The second time was just basically the same. The ball came out wide through the well more into the half space, and Tadic just whipped it across first time, and Hunter buried it, and then that time it counted. But it was it, it was essentially the same thing. And there was a few things like that where you got you saw that Ajax were seemed to be actually developing as a team as well as like a group of just sublime individuals, which they quite are. They've got just really well-developed players like Tadic, Blind and, and Ziyech as well, who are... Sure, um, to an extent yeah, as well, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's a really calm, awesome presence in midfield. And then you've got these young players who play, like De Ligt, who plays like he, he is further developed than he actually is. Um, I mean, Koeman said that he, if anybody can break Wesley Schneider's record for the appearances for the national team it's probably the left which is just a massive statement to make yeah um and then de jong is is one who uh he embarrassed uh odegaard at one moment and, and started a really nice attack which i thought was beautiful i don't know if you spotted it but he nipped in and just nicked the ball off him um it was so sharp and just excellent i thought it was a really good uh example of ajax how ajax press and just uh make good use of those sharp-minded players who know exactly what to do as soon as they get it which is what De Jong does until he then takes it too far <laughs> uh, but he didn't do that too many times so yeah I'm really it's hard to it's, it's kind of hard to actually draw a favourite between Ajax and PSV right when you consider the, the actual title because I think PSV do have staying power in them uh, even though 
they maybe are, they're not as well refined. I, I do think Ajax will win it, but it really wouldn't surprise me if it was a close title season. If it was yeah, close season. I mean, there's probably a bit more variety in pace, face, attack, yeah. um, and I think for this this is probably the strongest two we've had in the Eredivisie in years. Uh, yeah. Basically, I mean, when you look at the 2014-15 team of, of PSV or maybe at the, the Ajax 2016-17 team, which I think was not as strong as this one, to mm. be completely honest. Um, this Ajax team is probably stronger than, strongest that they've had since like before, before the Bull, probably. Yeah, probably. <laughs> and then, I don't know. I'm in terms of balance and stuff. And, and when you can, I mean, the, at the, yeah, you you probably go back eight or nine years since we've had two two Eredivisie teams with this kind of quality. And um, do you think that the Champions League will will cause any imbalance? Do you see any other teams trying to slip in there? Uh, I yeah, I, I do think that it might cause some problems for that for PSV more so. But um, I I I actually don't really have a good record of like winning after they play in Europe either, do they? Um, no, I don't but think so. The, how their squad? Maybe that I think their squads maybe uh, more adept at recovering from it and squeezing it once um, after it. But uh, like for PSV, it's just such a, an intense group uh, that I don't. It's hard to see them. It's hard to see them coming back from a game in the Champions League and just being like a hundred percent. Yeah, they've drawn team. Barcelona, Inter, and Spurs, and the the only hope they can have is probably Inter doing their inter thing yeah. and collapsing all yeah. the time yeah but Spurs even be, though even, even though, though Spurs are beating Spursy obviously but yeah, yeah. but even though Inter started the game really poorly um, Ranieri's squad is I mean they beat Bologna easily uh, when they brought like nine, uh, nine goal back into the team and stuff Spalletti what did I say Ranieri sorry I mean, yeah, dilly dong, dilly dong. They are in the Champions League, but I it's don't even hear the word um, Ranieri. But um, so, and other are they are the the one that you would think that they can beat the third. But I mean, that's they've spent a lot of money and there's a lot of pressure on them. I think and like that was the one that from that part that everybody wanted to avoid. Like, yeah, they just knew that they could fuck every group up if they would have got. Ajax group is a lot gentler with Bayern. Occasionally slip slipping up when they don't really feel like it, and Benfica and Ajax, uh, Athens is beatable opponents, especially the latter. So yeah, yeah, I, I, second place for Ajax would be awesome, uh, but it should also be the target. Yeah, but it's just more, well, Ajax reaching their target in Europe is actually quite awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it's um, so rare. When when we recorded last week, Feyenoord were the team in in absolute turmoil uh now they're they're occupying third spot as ever um four to win against knock breda to completely ease any fears going into the international break but also a 5-3 win against here in vain and a 3-0 win against excelsior um goals galore on both ends it's it's they 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 have one of the worst defenses in the league at the moment which is quite odd um the one man that really stands out at the moment is, is, is Robin van Persie and he's been an absolute delight ever since he if he returned. Seems to be keeping well in terms of fitness as well. Mm-hmm. Against Nag Breda, again, the big inspiration as well. Is this their kite 2.0, basically, in terms of Giovanni van Bronckhorst being really lucky that they're such a commanding figure in the dressing room holding everything together? Because van Bronckhorst, as a, as a 
manager has never really convinced us, but this again looks like him being saved by a former teammate. Yeah, it does carry that vibe. Um, they're lucky that they've got Stephen Berghaus there because he and Van Persie combine really well. I think they make up, they do together make up the the everything that's, well not everything, but everything that's good about the Feyenoord attack because Berghaus has the, has the speed, he's a good dribbler, he'll stay out wide occasionally I guess, but he just, he's really dangerous when he he cuts in and, and looks for either a, a ball or usually a shot, but his combinations with, with Van Persie and, and those around him have been really good and, and really just um, give him something extra because Van Persie doesn't really have that speed, but he's just got such a he's such a master of everything around him when he's on the ball because he's got such a delicate touch that, that gives him a lot of space and an excellent eye for positioning as well. So... He's basically turned into a, a bit of a Dimitar Berbatov in his own way, hasn't he? He's really <laughs> slow, moving around, but quite suave as well. Well, it's that uh, form as temporary class is permanent, and <clears throat> he, as a player, has always had that. Some sort has always been kind of classy, um, more so than you're the classy. Yeah, this is not impressing as uh, as much. Um, so yeah, I, I, yeah, it does carry that feeling about it for final that uh, it's like another. Dirk type season, but they like the rest of the league's probably too bit just too good for them to, to see it through and actually make it a successful season. Unless they win the cup again. Yeah. Well I mean I think that's from Bongar's luck as well to an extent that you at the moment the, the other competitors for this top three spots are, are not doing that well either. Um and because Ajax and PSV are so far away at the moment in terms of their the quality in their squad, he might actually, again, just get a pass and remain in this. Uh, yeah, well, that's basically all. That is all he really needs to do that season, right? Is like see how get third. It doesn't matter how far he is behind Ajax and uh, PSV, and if he does well in the cup, then he'll probably be safe. Like because it's going to take uh, for a club like. Um, Feyenoord who are, are, yeah they aren't as like cutthroat maybe as Ajax where they just dismissed Marcel Kaiser after six months even though it was their fuck up yeah <laughs> um, he so, was the funny thing with Kaiser actually was that he only had one point fewer after 17 games than Ten Hag had yeah. as well so it's 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 really just all but it's going to take because of yeah. what Van Bronckhorst has done and his status his stature at Feyenoord and the kind of club they are if he doesn't just get a better offer and decide to leave, it's probably just going to take like a horrendous season for them to lose him, for them to decide to sack him, right? Well, I mean, when you look at the squad as well, like I mean, they, like, the the problem is that you the the one thing you can kind of demand from a fire manager at this point, given their budget, given given everything that's going on, is probably third. Uh, a decent enough cup run, maybe. Usually, you yeah. demand Europa League group stage, but we know how that went. And and this is probably the one where you'd be really a bit um, skeptical about him is is develop the talent that's available. And when you look at how some Larson uh, has regressed being there, does doesn't look uh, anything like the player he was at Hayden Fane. And people say, oh yeah, it's it's because uh, it finer they're a big club and he's not used to the pressure and all that kind of stuff, or he's not good enough. It's 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 a case of not using him right. It's not it's a case of him not being settled as well. Amrabat is another example who, who now plays Champions League football. Uh, Bastikogo, I mean, 
some are fans, fans and some aren't. But yeah, but a similar hard, story. Do it's you hard to it's hard to think that he wouldn't be a better player now if he hadn't stayed at. Yeah, absolutely. At and and Jerry St. Just is a guy that that from what I can see has basically done it all by himself. And you've got the same feeling with Berghuis who who has really grown into a new level with Van Persie being just like you never hear any finer player say well Van Bonkors has made me a better player the only thing they'll maybe say is well he trusted me or he gave me a chance and that that's really damning and when you can when you look at this defense as well I mean obviously yeah you don't have Congolo and Karsdorp there anymore but you still have a decent enough squad to at least not concede what is it seven goals in the first four matches of the season yeah. uh, and that's in excluding Europa League qualifiers because that only um, taints the record even more yeah. it's really it's really odd to see uh, what's going on there and I mean when you look at other contenders for the top three I think even though I'm not a huge John von, bon von den Boom fan you can at least say that's well well I think he's a decent enough manager I don't think he's I don't think he's a world beater to put it like that but when you when you look at John van den Boom, the one thing he does do is is bring through new talent, and he's I mean that's something that the club wants and something he does, and when you then reach third and get a um, uh, to the final of the cup, I mean that that is, that feels like an achievement, and there's nothing there's not been nothing like that for from Boomkorst over the last few. Yeah, yeah, like the the thing that kind of summed final the final whole like strategy at the moment for me was like towards the end of the transfer uh, window deadline when Brian Linson was being asked if Feyenoord wanted him <laughs> and I was like what the fuck yeah. either like that is uh, it was so hard to take that was like such a, a typically Feyenoord type of transfer like it would it would be a complete waste as far as I'm concerned but it seemed like a genuine possibility instead of doing anything else and no imagination no like bravery to really bring anybody through and let them really impress yeah and, and i th but i think i mean i'm i'm about uh at first being told that classy wouldn't come and then classy actually signs and i'm about the size he wants to leave because there's not really a view towards playing time he gets sold off for 2.5 million which is a 1.5 million loss for finer to club Brugge, which is at the moment a, a, a better club than finer that kind of movement just baffles me and i think from from a um uh from development perspective you should really be worried about what you're doing as a business at that point uh, especially since classy I, I mean i think he has two years on his deal or something anyway so it's not like you can pick him up after the season that easily mm. and to an extent you can kind of see the same thing happening with Ayub who's really impressed so far when he whenever he came on but has never been given a starting yeah. spot and it's yeah. just I mean, Ayub is probably a more creative force, a more rounded player than uh, Vienna uh, or Classy is at the moment. Not not per se better, but more suited to Feyenoord's need, needs. Yeah. And he doesn't. He, he's not given any chance. It's it's really typical, and you can kind of see this the same thing happening uh, that happened with Amrabat uh, with Ayub as well. And it's it's really frustrating. And then Ayub will probably join. Uh, oh. Club Brugge now, yeah. uh, another team, uh, and 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 establish himself quite quite well there. And talking of Brugge, I mean, Ruud Former is a perfect example of that yeah. type of player as well. It's 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 yeah. the the lack of, of of vision that's been displayed there, and and then being quite annoyed by not getting the right fees for your players is just uh, <laughs> baffling. Azed, 
we mentioned them a bit there. Supposedly one of the biggest contenders for third spot, but they lost 3-2 to Heracles in the weekend, nil-nil draw against Vitesse after quite a promising and encouraging start of the season when you exclude Europa League again, but that goes for any team. Do you see them actually improving quickly? Because I was quite worried about how easy Heracles had found to get into good positions against them. I mean, a lot of the a lot of the chances were long shots, obviously, but the lack of cohesion in the team, despite their... I mean, almost all the players on, on the pitch were, were there last season already. Mm. I do think that it's a bit worrying. I hadn't expected them to, to fold against a, a team like Heracles, to be honest. Yeah. Especially after taking the, the lead so quickly. Um, it was like two minutes in. It was a really good goal, uh, quite a sharp attack, and then it, they'd left the 3 seed just wide open. But no, you're, you're right. Um, Bezart had a shocker in that game against Heracles. He was really bad, first of all. He looked like um, a volleyball player all the time, just yeah, flapping with his arms and stuff. It was really unsettling to see. <laughs> you look a bit shaken. Yeah. <laughs> Flashbacks. Uh, but, he, but beyond him... Uh, yeah, defensively, like they, they they left a lot of space between the defenders, and um, it made it easy for for Heracles to just kind of find the space behind because VAR was too slow, and he he played a bit high up, and I, I think you it's really dangerous to do to do that when you've got one one of your, one of your defenders has run VAR, uh, and the other one isn't even isn't that quick either, um, and so. That, that to me is a bit of a worry because you could see that creeping through a bit against Vitesse as well. Although I do think they had a few more chances in that game. Um, and that's kind of it. That's kind of the way it is. It's like you see a lot of potential in the way they attack. They just look like if they can get, if Bodu develops and kind of strengthens up because he spends a lot of time falling over. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but if he, he also got more goals than throwing in this season, though. So yeah. I mean. But yeah, well, he's really good. He's he does look really good. Three goals and um, four stars is really impressive. Yeah, yeah, and he, yeah, and he probably could have scored against Vitesse as well. Um, he, yeah, he does look really good. He's really quick. He he really hangs off the the defender and 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 rushes in to, to pick up on those balls and stuff. And that that should work well with with the wingers that they've got and the fullbacks that they've got as well because they they can constantly put balls in, but with that um, there's a, there's potential there and a lot to to work on to get the finishing touches there. Whereas when it comes to the defence, it's completely yeah. different. That it's not really like potential. It's more um, uh, yeah trying. Non potential. <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically. But it, the whole team feels a bit like disconnected because the defense, as you point out, really lacks space, and you feel that uh, in transition, in attacking transition, this AZ team can fly. And with Idrisi there, uh, Bodu is quite a quick player as well. And uh, Colt Miners in midfield. Yeah. Like he, he's, I like the, the passes that he makes where he's always going up and down. Um, I think he's a good kind of link between the. Yeah, absolutely. The Nominated for the Golden Boy Award, and that's, yeah. that's where it's at. So. Um, uh, so yeah, I'm I am quite I am quite positive. I think that Azed can uh, get third. I do think they can get third again, but it's not going to be easy. But you'd almost just hope. with what the players that they have got, I do really like. I mean, they've had some really nice games as well. They have yeah. played really well at times, but this game was just really bad against Heracles, which is in a tight artificial pitch. Although I don't really think that was a problem in this game. So. 
the the Wout Weghorst scored his first goal in the Bundesliga and we were kind of uh, kind of fearsome for us that because we didn't feel that they replaced the goals that Weghorst scored adequately but Jonsen and uh, Bodu together already on five goals because Jonsen got another one as well good mm. goal um, and he looks quite quite sharp it, it seems he seems to be quite suited so that doesn't really seem to be a problem um, he's going to challenge Daniel Malin for the title of the king of the substitute <laughs> yeah um, but yeah I mean I said do need, need to improve uh, same goes for Vitesse yep. who we thought would be well I, I actually thought that they would, would be the, the third team this season given, yeah. how the, given how good they looked in preseason but they've really dropped off as well yeah, you could you could tell against Ajax how how Slutsky was was basically in disbelief over how poor his team were. Yeah, yeah, no, they were. Um, it was quite um, it was quite surprising how quickly they just seemed to to give up against Ajax. Um, is there a favorite between those two that you think is probably going to that has more potential for this season? I guess or well, you, I mean, in terms of talent, I said are 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 more interesting but in terms of established players it's it's Vitesse Charlie Musonda has joined them as well which mm-hmm. uh, is a player that you always liked I think yeah it's like a really good move for, for Vitesse I think like yeah that. so so you, you you kind of feel that Vitesse would be better suited to just uh, beat the smaller teams and they've had a quite a tough run so far because they played uh, AZ Ajax uh, Froningen and Heerenveen so far which is I mean usually top 10-ish in Eredivisie with two of them actually top 5 so, I mean, they've had a bit of a tough run, and, and but it doesn't really change. They don't. I I've I've looked at their their schedule, and from December on, they basically have six or seven games where you're like, well, you should at least get like seventeen, eighteen points from these games. But at least eighteen. Yeah. Well, <laughs> nah, that's a, probably a bit optimistic. But you get <laughs> um, <laughs> bonus points as well for a goal scored. No, but uh, no, but like like seven games, and you feel like you should at least win or five and get a draw here or there I mean yeah. that's they don't really have a, have a nice run and in that sense maybe they should be happy with not playing Europa League football because otherwise they'd have the double schedule all the time so <laughs> it's really tactical from Slutsky it's a <laughs> real Euro- real European manager um, nice. but yeah I, at the moment I kind of favor Vitesse but on the other hand I, I like the kids that I had as well and we've still not seen Calvin Stang so I mean yeah, yeah, yeah. He'll be the game it's changer. Easy to forget about him. Well, it's not easy to forget about him, but it's easy to forget that they have that extra gold. Uh, I, I'm going to say AZ. Um, I think their defense <coughs> is just is, is too yeah. rocky for me. I don't I don't trust Von Flaar anymore. Never really trusted Von Flaar, but I don't trust him at all at the moment. Uh, and as you say, I mean, Hatsidiakos doesn't look like a star in the making either, so it's, you do feel that they should have invested a bit more to, to become a bit more robust there. Yeah, they do have another centre back that they signed. Um, yeah, Weigel, but not need Weigel obviously, but something no, like that. <laughs> the Bielefeld kid. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, and yeah, I think he'll probably get a chance eventually. Um, but yeah, that is the problem. But I wonder if they can get away with it in the end of the race. In fact, fuck it, I know they can. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen this league. <laughs> they can definitely get away without that defence. Uh, <laughs> like, Peter Boss survived the Heracles with a defence that was only a figment of his imagination. Yeah. So, um, We've had five of the teams that you'd usually expect in the top six because in terms of quality, there seems to be 
quite a bit of a gap. And we, we touched upon Ajax and PSV being stronger than they've been for the last few years. But uh, I think the same goes for the whole top six because AZ and Vitesse do look quite strong. Feyenoord still has a decent enough squad. And uh, FC Utrecht were an, on paper a team that you'd back to, to really uh, well get in there as well, basically. But you called it? I called it, yeah. I said, well, I, do, I don't think their manager is up, up for it. And it t- turns out that the Utrecht board agree with me. Yeah. Or they listen to this podcast, you don't know. <laughs> um, but Because they've sacked Jean-Paul de Jong. Um, for now, Marinus Dijkhuizen will take over with Rick Kruis, and they're looking for a new manager. And in, I think in, in our minds, there can only be one. Yeah. Boss. Yeah. <laughs> but they, they said that, like, they gave it to John Paul de Jong uh, to replace Eric Ten Hag uh, because they trusted, they, they, it wasn't that they trusted him, obviously, it was that they felt some kind of loyalty to him. They yeah. promised that they'd basically promised him the job because he was Ten Hag's assistant and they, he said when he goes give me the job and they said alright and even though they, they obviously they must have had some kind of doubts about it at that point uh, they they let it go until the end of the season and they still didn't really trust them but they let them start the season and then they, now at this point four games and they decide to sack them and then on their website on this yeah. day, they have a Q a Q and A about this very incident. And the set the last question is, have you started looking for a new manager? And the answer is no. And you're like, how the fuck can the answer be no? That's insane. Yeah. That is in, that is just ridiculous. To no plan on this and just be oh yeah, Dykehausen can do it. The the statement on the website I thought was quite quite harsh. Even even if I don't think Jean Paul Leon is a is a particularly good manager or. or whoever but it basically was yeah he was an icon and we didn't want to see him fail but he failed miserably that's basically what it said yeah uh, all of it looks worse on Utrecht than any of than the 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 last eight months look on John Paul yeah absolutely I'm concerned because it's fucking stupid to give them a job if that's the way they feel but they said they said they wanted like someone who took care of practices and we've we've touched upon that in the last podcast as well should have become more of an English model. And the only thing English about this is that, well, yeah, in England, they tend to set their coaches as well quite <laughs> yeah. quickly without thinking about it. So, I mean, maybe Jean-Paul Lyon can become the new Harry Ratnap or something. Yeah, yeah Utrecht will be, they'll now the, what, the Crystal Palace <laughs> of... of uh, well, maybe we can see Puff Daddy then opening up yeah. a bit because that's what he did for Crystal Palace, apparently, because of the name. But yeah, I mean, Peter Boss would be an ideal candidate, but if things go like they are at the moment there, you'd be a bit iffy to jump in. Uh, although, when you look at the no, squad... They do, have, they do have a decent squad. I think I think that it would be... I think there's a, enough to work with there. And it would be an interesting swap over with Ten Hag and, and Peter Boss swapping, swapping wives almost. Yeah, it's a Spider-Man <laughs> pick almost in terms of two bold men just swapping wives and stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, um, no, he would, I think it would be a, a really good uh, option for them. The, the whole point with what you have with Vitesse as at the Utrecht in terms of squad depth at the moment, it's, it's ridiculous. They have 18 or 19 players in, the, in, in their squad that would be guaranteed a starting spot in almost any other other team in Eredivisie, which is really quite unique. Mm. Uh, Bayebeck now signed as well from Paris Saint-Germain, who looked yeah. quite good last season, but then got a horrible injury. 
Yeah, he could only he only play like three games yeah. or something. But he's just yeah. And I think I think I mean they they have Tanane coming in as well who could go for a Labiat esque uh, career reboot and and Gustafsson looks quite quite handy at the yeah. moment as well. So there's there's a lot going on there and but it's I mean it's quite damning that that whole squad basically wanted John Paul Leon out and the board has said that as well that they never one of the things to end this way. Such a yeah, weird, and Willem Janssen, uh, the, the captain, actually came out saying this is probably better for everyone, which is, I mean... That's brutal. Yeah. You kind, of want, you, you kind of want a whole documentary about this. You hope that there is yeah. some secret footage that we can... Yeah, uh, but, yeah, because like even well, like when Ten Hag left, everybody was full of praise for him. Like, because Labiad was saying he was the best coach he's ever had and stuff. Everybody was saying that he was... It was amazing. It doesn't seem like I, I was about to say. Later. It doesn't seem Jean Paul Young changed many many players' minds on that on that one. Um, what are the teams so far that have really surprised you? Apart from Utrecht, maybe being quite quite poor. I saw a lot from Valentine that I thought they could they have have a lot of danger to them. Um, I'll. I quite like Daniel Crowley, even though he that, wasn't really that good. And that front six of Willem Twee is, is is really good for 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 the t- for the well, given the results they've had as a club over the last few years. I mean, Asbillis yeah. has added a lot to the to the team. Obviously, at one point, a player that commanded a fifteen million euro fee for Spartak Moscow was it? Um, uh, Fra- François looks way too good for this level as well. Yeah, and he Avdija looks looks interesting. Yeah, yeah, the, and they they combine really well. Uh, and Saul Saul, as I say, he probably should have scored the opening goal uh, on Saturday, and then scored a really nice goal when yeah, uh, just after just, the break, yeah. yeah. Uh, but they didn't have they didn't they just basically gave up in the last thirty minutes. They just had no chance really. But I, as I say, that they, they just had some decent movement. They. Made some good movement through the centre, but Osbillis when you get when you get him on the ball, um, he just creates space for himself. He's one of those kind of, uh, sh- he's a shifty, shifty yeah. bastard. It, he it's, just it, finds his way. He, he targets. He goes for like a diagonal ball, a diagonal run to, into the centre of the box. Basically, is what what you want from him when you get him on on the right wing. <coughs> to find so, uh, to come in and try and find Saul or something. In terms of style, it does seem like Ali Costa is quite uncompromising because he basically played against PSV the same way he did against uh, Willem II and uh, against Heracles, or and it, it, it threw up uh, the same sort of result, being a five goal margin, but uh, one panned out a bit different than the other. And it's uh, it will be. I mean, the one thing you always associated with Willem II is that they they used to play quite good football, especially under Coadrians and stuff. And you do get that after the whole well pragmatic approach by uh, Streppel and even more so Van der Looy that you actually now have a manager that will at least make Willem II fun to watch again. Yeah, yeah, you, you, yeah, you want someone kind of brave. I think the previous managers have been somewhat pragmatic and been thinking that they, for a team like Willem II, you basically have to make sure you don't concede, and in doing that, they tend to to limit. The, the attacking players um, like um, like Eric Falkenberg a couple of years ago like I always thought yeah. that he was better than them uh, like Lucas Anderson he couldn't do anything at Valentine really um, and Daniel Crowley last season because this season he, he yeah. looks uh, a better player because the manager has basically said well you're my number 10 guy and I want you to just make uh, make the play you <laughs> yeah. playmaker he's, he's good yeah I, as I say I didn't think he was great against Valen, uh, PSV 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, we think Valent White only play against yeah. Valent White. It's just always well, there's that hint that there's another villain as well, so it's <laughs> yeah. Qu- yeah. quite confusing. Yeah, it's just wait till they play, yeah. play the first one. But um, no, yeah, I think they that kind of bravery to them will make will make them stronger against bad Eredivisie teams. Even though if they're going to lose against Ajax and PSV and stuff fuck it but at least they'll be pretty extravagant yeah like and the thing is france all his movement is really good he just looks like a um better looking ibrahimovic is kind of i was trying to find a more subtle way of saying that but you look but he's like a that shit man blundered my tits <laughs> <laughs> uh if he can find if he can yeah. if he can score like him then he'll be all right but He's basically turned into a bit of a football diva with the thing on his head. <laughs> I have to agree with that. Um, another team that has surprised so far, I think, is Heracles, again, an unknown entity. Uh, another Spanish striker, but not nearly as good. I'm, I haven't been impressed with him at all, although his work rate is quite uh, quite good, Adrian Dalmau. Uh, they don't need him to score goals, though, because they've got Mohamed Osman banging in goals from 40 uh, or forty or 30 yeah. yards anyway. His goal was a stunner on It's really amazing. Um and they've they've been they've been really impressive so far. I mean, apart from that trouncing against Vitam Tve, which was in which they were absolutely ab- abysmal, they they've looked good against AZ and Ajax, and they've uh, well at least beaten out of the half. Bournemouth has really turned them around. Yeah, yeah. Um, for me, still, it's all about Bradley Kuvas. I still think he's dynamite. Alexander Merkel has play has been playing really well. He's one that they get on the ball a lot and allow to just kind of pick out passes uh, and I th- he moves forward and, and kind of creates a few chances um, yeah overall they, they seem to have a decent structure to them you could see that a wee bit in the Ajax game and it seems to be hopefully it will keep developing um, but yeah it was a really it was a big shock that, that victory um, against AZ Against Adel Den Haag, they were they were by far the better team as well. They just had like a s- different kind of finesse and um, just better target attacks. Yeah. And I, yeah, I think defensively, it's a lot of work still though. Yeah, yeah, definitely, and that's basically Heracles. That's just their eternal disease. So it's what Peter Boss instilled. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, when when you look at teams that have really disappointed so far, uh, one that stands out obviously is uh, is FC Groningen with uh, only three points from the first four games. Not the hardest fixture list so far. Uh, luckily, they only have to play Ajax away uh, after the international break, so that'll definitely double the points. Um, it's, I mean, Danny Bass has already kind of come under scrutiny and and Alon Jans as well. And the the atmosphere is a bit explosive, but what do you make of them so far? Because from what I from what I see is it's basically not thinking that they'll lose the game until they do, and then you're like, well, they they're losing this one. It's like yeah, they it's just just don't they don't they don't really come under threat that much against uh, the Graafschap or Willem Twee or um, or against uh, Pek Zwolle. Uh, obviously, the Vitesse game was a bit different, but even there, you <laughs> were like, oh, it shouldn't have been that bad. But once they concede, it's it's like they don't really have any plan b they don't have really have any attacking options and the the team the team's togetherness has been questioned obviously because tom van weert and jesper drost made made swift access uh, last week 
Mm. Um, so the squad is really quite thin in terms of experience as well. Yeah. Um, well, obviously the Jesper Dross departure isn't too much of a, an issue. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, th- th- it seems there's a bit of a kind of it's not they they don't feel like the same team as last season, even though they are just about as like destruct self destructive and collapsible. It's not like they you they are uh, making like just stupid mistakes that you would imagine they just should never do, considering the manager they've got. Like when Fa- when Faber was there, it was like oh yeah, they'll be defensively fine, but then you just realise they had no understanding of what was going on. It's a it's a it's a player issue more than anything at the moment though, isn't it? I mean, you do like you talk about how like the the centre backs can just be far too easily kind of drawn drawn out as far as I'm concerned, and they never ever ever recover from it. The team has no about no kind of understanding of how to like recover from things like that. I don't no, think they get any protection from midfield. Um, well, I mean, the issue is like. Personally, I think letting Van Veerd go is, is a bit weird because he scored uh, over 10 league goals uh, in three of his last four Eredivisie seasons and the other was marred by injury. So, mm. I mean, to to basically put all your faith in Cachera, who hasn't really looked up to scratch yet. Yeah, um, completely unproven strike. Oh, yeah, really and, and Mahi being quite injury prone. Uh, and to be fair, Mahi and Don are probably the only real difference makers that they have going forward. It, it all feels a bit thin and the, on the other hand I mean defensively I don't think it's been in that bad and uh, to 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 use the Opta expected goals uh, conceded table uh, they're the only team with a better record in that sense is Ajax so they don't concede a lot of chances or a lot of big chances anyway mm-hmm. but it's just I mean you've lost two games uh, 1-0 and you've won one game 1-0 and you've had one battering at Vitesse and that that it's it's a really really and and you you do feel for Denny Bowes. I mean it's 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 still a, quite a competitive um, a culture and within within and around that club the the feeling of of, of at least um, being a top top nine or top eight club in narrative easy and and when things don't really go your way as the manager you're probably the first to get to blame but as you say I don't think the manager can really be um, well. Bl- blamed for for not having an, uh, so many attacking options. Yeah. Um, another team that I've um, I've, I've been a bit disappointed by, not so much in terms of results, is here in vain, uh, because defensively they look incredibly frail, and going forward they don't seem that inspired either. And I think the FFA game was probably a really good summation of of where they're at at the moment, um, with some Lammers scoring a. Uh, finally scoring a goal, which mm. was uh, positive, but uh, a bit of a funny one shot from outside the box. And Fevere just quite easily nicking a point with Patrick Yosten scoring a goal. That was an absolute delight because he's been out uh, with injury for a while. Yeah. Uh, but Aaron Vane seem seemed like a team that needed need a bit of work. Yeah, they are they are a strange one because they they've looked all right at some points. Uh, I think they they have some. Uh, decent movement around the midfield, um, but um, yeah, it's hard to see where like they they are going to get consistent goals from. I really I thought Sam Arnold's goal was was well taken. Uh, it was a good finish, wasn't it? it was yeah. Just kinda, 
uh, but he's at the bottom corner. Um, but they've had some kind of struggles with strikers lately, I guess, <coughs> and it's hard to work out where that is, where the goals are going to come from on a consistent basis, unless you're looking at Tosby, really, uh, who isn't even a striker. Um, and who only scores in August, so. Oh, yeah, well, yeah, well. And seven from ten in his career in August. Really? <laughs> yeah. Is it all in yeah. August? But yeah. he's, he's basically the uh, the bizarro Kane in terms yeah, of Yeah, actually, well, he's buggered then. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so the, then that's a worry for them for the rest of the season then. They, 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 they're going to have no goals. So, yeah, I mean, that, that, that worries me as well as the, the defensive side of things. Um, they did kind of... They have lost quite a few players over the last couple of seasons. I mean, it's not... Uh, they, yeah, so... I'm worried about... In general, it's crisis in the north. It's not just Groningen and Heerenveen, but Becker on three points as well got their first win against Groningen. It's almost like a sort of like union thing that they're like, well, at least here have three points as well because we need to stick together because Beck have, haven't... Haven't looked that great either, but for some reason I do think that they will probably come good because in in terms of attack they they seem fine. I mean against Frodingham they were quite poor, but that's probably a confidence thing. But they were really unlucky not to get anything against Hirvain. Yeah. Uh, same goes for the for the PSV game. Uh, Utrecht probably the worst outing of, of the season, but again that's fairly fairly tough start to the season, and you can you can really see them come good. Um, it's a kind of unusual situation for them because they're used to starting really well yeah. and then just collapsing. Now they've collapsed, they really need to start uh, pick up soon. Um, but yeah, I I share the same. It's just the same kind of feeling. I think they will be all right. Um, I like um, Servan Berg. Uh, I mean, he's just a baby. What he's 17, 16? Or is he 16, 16? So yeah. Uh, he's just a baby, but he's like a... The youngest ever player to reach 10 league appearances in Eredivisie as well, taking the record of Clarence Seedor. So, uh, I mean, that's uh, some promise. But he's... Uh, I mean, that's amazing. But he's he's like really composed and looks really comfortable on the ball, doesn't he? He looks really sound. Um, Thomas Lamb is probably the more adventurous of the centre-backs. Uh, he goes forward a lot more, plays more longer passes as well. Uh, Van der Berg is, lo- is kind of a... Uh, maybe low key in in that sense on the ball, but defensively he's like it's kind of hard to know really what to expect from a sixteen year old like when you're watching him consistently. Yeah. Um. But he's he he looks like he's he's got a really ha- like high level already. Uh. He gets some some extra love from me because he's a wee ginger tosser. <laughs> um, so. And uh, I mean. He'll hardly have time to to study, anyway, because uh, Derek Marcellus has uh, announced his retirement. Yeah, uh, couldn't cope with all the injuries anymore. It's quite quite sad. Just the, yeah. such a weird career, starting with a red card at Anfield uh, in the Champions League, <laughs> and, uh, and finishing with a knee injury only yeah. age thirty. But I really, I like. Uh, he's been really good at Pex Waller. Uh, I've, I think he's been a quality defender for yeah, him at times. Um, so as a really. Um, a horrible uh, blow for them. Um, do you see any of these three as re- relegation contenders, though? Nah, nah, I think they'll be alright. Pigswaller might drift kind of dangerously close if they, but I, I don't think that they will. I don't think they will be doing. Fortuna definitely seem nailed on so far, don't they? 
Um, Even with Novakovic uh, at least getting two goals, but yeah, it's hard. It's hard to escape that uh, conclusion, but um, it's probably going to be quite tight. I don't think that they 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 they've got a lot of time to recover, and there are a lot of crap teams down there that that, that can. Yeah, because Nag Nag Breda are a really odd team as well. Uh, but for some reason, you kind of trust Mitchell, Mitchell van der Gaag to basically fix that I think Excelsior they tend to get things right in the end anyway but um, and VVV have surprised me so far as well by the way they've they've looked more solid than I kind of expected because they were quite nice and adventurous last season mm. um, I still wouldn't say I still wouldn't rule out Ado Den Haag being in the bottom three as well um well, they have one of the stars of the Eredivisie at the moment, the top yeah. goal scorer in the in the league. Yeah, and uh, yeah, okay. Why why would why would no one score from inside the box in that game? There was a penalty, and then every other goal was madness. Yeah, and the, uh, like he scored three shots from outside the box against Excelsior, and like every time the ball came to him, no one went near him. No one even considered closing him down. You're like, how can you not? Like there's a pattern here. Yeah. I thought it was really crazy, and it was a that was a kind of, I mean that's a really good result for them. They were it was a, a beating Excelsior, uh, by four goals, all goals coming from one player. But like it was kind of an example of just why I don't really have any faith in them. Like they can't do that. He can't do that every week. They can't do it every week. I think the game against Heracles was a lot more, uh, symbolic of of Adel Den Haag, where it was like pure scrappiness quite a lot. Um, and Heracles just had a different level of uh, intelligence to them, <laughs> and that's just basically how I how I think of Adel Den Haag. Uh, well, looking at like the transfer business they've they've done in the summer, they I think they're one of the one of the only teams that really got away with waiting really long with doing their business because they've signed Thomas Nesit, who was a perfectly fine striker for them, and kind of fits that narrative of well striker with the. Uh, with a a bit of trouble in his career and then trying to revamp uh, his, yeah. his own. Uh, it's an ideal club yeah. for, for him. For uh, sure. Giovanni Truppe, who was rumored to go to AZ earlier this summer, has now joined them on loan at right back, which is why is that? I like him quite a lot. I couldn't understand that. Because um, well, he's like he's experienced. Like he's only twenty years old. But yeah. He's been he's been an Utrecht first team for a long time. Um. Yeah, but Sean Kleiber is the Daniel Elfas of the Halvenwerth, according to. Uh, journalist so that kind of explains that uh, but uh, and R- Ricardo Kishna joined him uh, for another season on loan as well so I mean yeah but he's still out injured he's still out injured he, he, he's still recovering but um, I mean at least we'll get to see him play for Ado a bit more because he only lasted 34 minutes last season which yeah, is really sad to see um, because it was like an exciting it was a really wonderful season yeah. for them so I I I don't I do think that they'll come good and uh, Abdel Nasser Al-Kayati has probably one, been one of the success stories of, of, of the last few seasons when you yeah he's 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 such really a good. smart I re- pickup i really like him they and I, they do have a something going to, uh, for them and that they kept most of last season's team together uh, and as you say added to it late but there's a, a familiarity to them um i mean they started the first game with basically very similar starting 11 from last season but um yeah, you have faith on him. I, I don't see much to get excited about him to get excited. But Neshi does as a good sign. He should have scored against 
uh, in the game against Excelsior, but uh, more so than just a goal scorer, like you could see at Pigs Lola, he did kind of work well with the yeah. players around him. So yeah, he made everyone look better around him. Yeah, I mean the only player that was in that team uh, that basically made a step up after is probably Ryan Thomas. Yeah. Uh, and he did it in a different position, yeah, <laughs> which yeah. is quite, yeah, yeah, quite telling. So, yeah, I mean, that, all right, well, Neshid is a signing that could change a lot for them because they had Johnson scores 19 goals last yeah. season. Um, I mean, he's not going to get anywhere near that, but if he gets even, like, over 10, I guess, for, for, for Ado Den Haag, probably going to be a good record and enough to, maybe enough to keep them... Going strong if El Kayati keeps chipping in with goals and and they find them from elsewhere, but we'll probably. But I mean, if so there if there are only three teams worse than oh, yeah. that, no. But I mean, to 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 address the point, <laughs> that's why. Yeah, Fortuna can recover from from their start. In the half, so yeah, I think they they might they they are the favourites to go down at the moment. But I'm not going to say that they're fucked. Because we said that about the half trap a couple of years ago, yeah. and they came back in the last couple of weeks, and they were always really good. Fortuna aren't as good, but uh, like they gave PSV a bit of a hard time. Although they probably should have won that by more than two one. Yeah. Um, uh, and uh, yeah, we'll give them a bit of time. Like never don't underestimate how. Uh, inept the other Eredivisie teams are that sounds like a good note to finish this podcast then <laughs> right. um, yeah uh, I've been your host uh, Michael Youngsma Peter you you were here as well I mean um, I, I don't was. know why I mentioned my name again uh, or yours uh, <laughs> but we'll be back next month to discuss more of the Eredivisie goodness um, hopefully with uh, a lot of interesting games and players to discuss uh, Totsins Totsins